0: Good evening, everybody. I hope that you can hear me. Um, If you can hear me, let me know. Text it down in the uh, chat box at the bottom there. It's good to have everyone here tonight. Uh, I've got a few things to go over uh, after we pray. And some, I guess, some housekeeping, some would call it. But uh, let's first go ahead and... um, Ask the Lord to be with us in this podcast here. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for our families, and our friends. We thank you for the, um, our loved ones and the uh, where you've placed us at this critical time. Help us to follow you. Help us to be. Uh, always working for you, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the, your work. Help us to live for you. Help us to be that light on the hill. Help us to speak the truth. Uh, help us to understand that you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by you. We we don't achieve eternal life unless we trust you, unless we've repented of our sins and we've asked you to come into our heart and save us and become our Lord and Savior. We have to trust and believe on you, believe that You, Jesus is the Son of God and that you were born of a virgin and you went to the cross, was crucified and died and was buried for three days and then rose again on the third day. Help us to uh, live for you and to serve you. Pray that you would uh, bless the, uh, give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present. Your word, according to Your will, help us to be able to witness to those that we should and have the opportunity to do so. Help us to expose the wickedness, the snares of the devil. Help us to uh, be faithful. Help us to be diligent. Help us to persevere, even in spite of the uh, the trials and tribulations, the hardships. Because that only makes us stronger. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us, Lord. Help us to um, just to be the uh, the Christian you've called us to be. And we give you the glory and the praise, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so there's a couple things I want to go over, and I put them down in the chat. I guess you call it chat. First off, is my, the website JoshuaFamilyMinistries.wordpress.com, and I've got that down. If you go there, all of the podcasts are posted there and transcripted in transcript, so you can read them, and also the audio is there, I believe. Uh, plus, I've posted the uh, several of the documents, and I think. The the first four I posted are there on the website anyway, and I'll show you those here momentarily. And the next is that eBay site is a shirt that I'm selling that says only two genders, Genesis 127, and they are for sale at that link. And they will help support the podcast plus um, express the truth of God's word in a clear and concise way. Um, So those are available. The third thing is that my channel, the last message, if you scroll down to it, man, I'm having trouble scrolling. Okay. Scroll down to the last message I posted, and you see Preacher Josh at Rumble. I think it would be PreacherJosh at Rumble.com. I had trouble with my login a few moments ago, so I didn't get the link. But if you go to Rumble and type in Preacher Josh, uh, you'll find my channel. You should. It'll have the same icon as the podcast, and you'll see some videos there. Of One of the videos... There may be only one video on the Rumble channel, but it's the uh, Georgia Guidestones uh, when I was there and before they blew up. And what I need you to do is uh, subscribe to Rumble so that I can live stream. Once I get enough subscribers, and it doesn't cost anything, it's free to subscribe. And Rumble is where, um, where you can go. It's it'll be it, Hopefully it'll take over YouTube um, so far. There's no censoring on rumble and you can post pretty much anything you that's I'm going to post anything that's truthful and moral. Of course, no obscene or vulgar things, but you can post your heart's desire and it won't be censored. Um, unlike YouTube, I've been uh, deleted off YouTube. I no longer have a channel. On YouTube actually they, they deleted two of my channels on YouTube can't, if you say anything if you speak the truth you get censored but on rumble you do not so if you would subscribe and help me out there get my subscribers base up I can start posting live streams on rumble and hopefully have them synced with the rumble so that I can show documents and podcast at the same time hopefully so if you would help me with that i would appreciate it uh what i want to do now i'm going to see if i can play i tried to download the video to the podcast uh this uh cut out and i couldn't do it at least in the time frame that i had so i'm going to try to play it uh just let me know if you can hear it. If not, I'll stop it. And I'll have to read the transcript. But this is, and the, what the way I found this, this was on May 17th. And it was the, I was made aware of it by Peter Santilli, his podcast, The Pete Santilli Show. And it is the, If you go to the Pete Santilli show, you can find it. I believe it's on there or on band.video. But the title is World's Top Expert to EU Parliament. Coronavirus is a bioweapon and greatest crime against humanity in world history. That is the title. So if you type that in, you should find it. I went to YouTube and I couldn't find the excerpt, that this, I think it's 24, 25 minutes long, but I found the, finally, it it showed up today, the uh, Parliament session, the whole three hours, so you'd have to go in there and um, dig for it, but I think it's at, yeah, I wrote it down, it's actually at minute 13 and nine seconds where Dr. David Martin began speaking, and this, out of all now, I've been following Dr. David Martin for a long time now, several years, and but this um, speech is the most concise on the coronavirus and explaining the coronavirus and its origin and the fact that it is, in fact, a bioweapon and that they've committed crimes against humanity on us. On the world, so part of uh, part of this is holding them accountable because they 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 murdered people, they they killed people, and it was deliberate. It was on purpose. It was not an accident, and that is why I went to the sheriff. I told you in the last podcast that I was going to speak to the sheriff, and I did just that. Now, I didn't get the time that I thought I would get. I only had about 30 minutes to lay this out. So what I did was I gave them this transcript, printed out, World's Top Expert to EU Parliament Coronavirus is a Bioweapon and Greatest Crime Against Humanity in World History. What I did was pretty much kind of explained as much as I could in only 30 minutes, actually less than 30 minutes. And my goal, I told, told the sheriff, I said that the goal is that after you look over the resources, the documents that I present to you, and you understand just what I've given you here, that you are ready to ban the COVID bioweapons in this whole county. That's the goal is that once you understand. And so I asked him about remdesivir. He didn't know what remdesivir was. I asked him about the de- the Fauci's death protocol. If he had heard, had heard anything about that, he did not. So I had to explain to him that Fauci had put out the the protocol. So I explained to him about the PCR test being... Uh, fraudulent and that they're fake there's there's a 50 50 chance either you're going to be positive or you're going to be negative but it never really registered uh that you had covid it was fake a fake test but they would take the test and it would uh label you covid Then they would admit you into the hospital but even before that if you'd call into the hospital as you were sick they would say uh, go back home and wait till you're sicker and then come back so by the time you were sick because they didn't tell you to take vitamin c vitamin d uh quercetin hydroxychloroquine ivermectin you were sick from a cold but you got worse because you weren't told to take the right medicines so they took used the pcr test to uh, so to speak confirm that you had covid and then they admitted admitted you into the hospital They then put you on a ventilator, and you walked in on your own volition, walked in there, you were breathing on your own, but they put you on a ventilator, and they didn't give you any nutrition, and then they put you on remdesivir. That's the main drug. It was other drugs, but the main one was remdesivir, which shuts down your kidneys uh, and other Begins other organ failure and it starts filling your lungs up with fluids, which they were mistaking for pneumonia But it was actually the remdesivir shutting down your kidneys causing pneumonia-like symptoms But it was actually the remdesivir. So I got to explain to him that and I said once that Took place you were dead in 10 days. I explained to him that I gave him uh, graphs or actually the statement off the CDC website where Fauci, the CDC uh, state, they changed the definition of vaccinated uh, and they changed it from, you know, the normal with a normal vaccine, you're vaccinated once you're injected inoculated, right? But they changed the definition to 14 days after the first shot. So within those first 14 days, of the first shot by their definition, you're not vaccinated and yet you were vaccinated. And that, in that time frame was when most people were dying in 2021, especially at the beginning was because they changed the definition and they were blaming it on COVID. The hospitals were full overrun, but it was because everyone they were killing with the shots. So I got to explain that to them that much anyway, and I went through that, and then I gave them these documents here that are in this the chat box. That's what I'm going to call as a chat box. The first one is the criminal conspiracy of coronavirus. The second was the doctor's letter. Though, and one the the criminal conspiracy of coronavirus. That's the the by Doctor David Martin, and that's the indictment with the eight. U.S. C. United States codes violations, which they are guilty of, and for crimes against humanity and treason, tyranny, uh, name a few, and that was an indictment to against uh, Dr. Fauci, Ralph Barrick, Azar, FDA, NIAID, CDC, and so on, and so that's the indictment. There gave them that Uh, Nuremberg Code. So you can read um, had documents showing uh, that they had violated already set precedent for crimes against humanity and i laid that out to him and i gave him the various data i was able to give him a graph that showed the horrendous spike in deaths from the shots and was able to explain to him that that was only one percent of the actual deaths so the graph i had was was low for some reason, but it, uh, I think it was 35,000 deaths on that graph. So even that it was only 1%, that's 3 million, over 3 million deaths in just a year or within the past two years. Um, and that's just for the, uh, the U S uh, so I was able to give him that. And so that's what, that was the goal was that by giving him this data that he'll be able to go through it, gain an understanding. Um, he was in the dark, so I gave him a lot of references and documents to go over to understand. Hopefully when he, the sheriff understands he will be ready to ban him and then start investigations. And hopefully at the meetings that we have, neighborhood watch meetings or such, I'll be able to speak at one of them or at the next one and lay this all out uh, to the community. And I'll start getting uh, affidavits where either they were injured by them or a family member was murdered by them. And we'll start uh locking people up, putting them on trial Um uh, I've been at, I'm the uh, youth pastor now at the um, Carbon Hill First Real Baptist Church. We've been there four months now, or five months. And they just voted me in as youth pastor there. So, but get start getting to know people there, I've already spoken to just four people that have opened up to me anyway, that they were either damaged by the shot one had to have a couple stents put in since they took the shot. One is, uh, is blind in one eye now and has high blood pressure. And he said other things coming up and he's maybe 20, might be 20 years old. Um, Another one came to me and said that their daughter was killed in the hospital by the same protocol that I, that I, uh, explained. So if we can get some people to step up and write some affidavits and hopefully we can get rid of them in this in our county and then hopefully we'll get some more sheriffs on board. I don't know if you know about uh, Karen Kingston who was a uh, Pfizer employee. Um, she has been going to different counties and and trying to get them on board get them up to date and realize that we're we're under an attack and this is a bioweapon uh, according to their own the pfizer documents that is a is a bioweapon and i know i think there's three counties i can't remember the counties but one county is collier county i believe in florida the officials there are in the process of holding investigations and holding people criminally accountable for what they've done crimes against humanity so uh youngest welcome to the show um we need all the prayers we can get um So that's where I'm at with this so far. And like I said earlier, if you could just go to the Rumble Preacher Josh on Rumble and subscribe, it's free. It'll help me enable live streaming so I can hopefully reach a wider audience with that. Hopefully be able to sync the Rumble and the podcast, have them both going hopefully. So that's where we're at with that. I'm going to now play the excerpt of Dr. David Martin at the EU Parliament. Um, Let me know if you can hear it. If not, I'll just have to read through the transcript or uh, give you a link to go to so you can find it on your own. But let's see if you can hear this. Let me know. Can anybody hear it? Can you hear the audio right now? we got Dr. David Martin playing now, if you can hear it. so it's probably not going to work that way. It would be nice if you would just plug in and play. All right, let's see. All right, um... Let me see. Let me try one more thing, real quick. Let's see. I
1: start. Right, I get confident.
0: Hold on, I've almost got it. Alright, let me know if you can hear this, if it's clear.
1: a particularly interesting location for me to be sitting today, given that over a decade ago I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. And at that time I warned the world of what was coming. Uh, During that conversation that was hosted at the time by the Green and EFA and a number of the other parties of the European Union. Uh, various representations, we were having a conversation on whether Europe should adopt the United States policy of allowing for the patents on biologically derived materials. And at the time, I urged this body and I urged people around the world that the weaponization of nature against humanity had dire consequences. Tragically, I sit here today Um, with that unfortunate line that I don't like to say, which I told you so. But the fact of the matter is we're here not for a reprisal on past decisions. We're here to actually, once again, come to the face of the human condition and ask the question, who do we want to be? What do we want humanity to look like? And rather than seeing this as an exercise in futility, which is very easy from time to time when you're in the position I'm in, I actually see this not as an exercise in futility. I see this as one of the greatest opportunities that faces us because we now have a public conversation, which is now front and center in people's minds. When this was an esoteric conversation about biological patents, nobody cared. But when that conversation came home, then it became something people can care about so i'm actually quite grateful for this opportunity i thank the members of parliament for hosting this i thank all of the translators who i apologize in advance i will use terminology that is probably very difficult to translate so my apologies i'd also like to acknowledge the fact that many of you are aware of my involvement with this in large part due to the amazing work of my wonderful wife kim martin who encouraged me at the very early days of this pandemic to get on front of the camera and talk about all the information that I had been sharing among very small groups around the world. And it was in fact her encouragement that put me in a place where many of you have heard what I have to say. Ironically, the world that I came from, that used to be very popular my cnbc and bloomberg presentations which were televised on mainstream media around the world was an audience that i lost i I can confidently say COVID diminished my fame but i can also confidently say that i'd rather stand among the people with whom i'm standing today than any of the folks that were part of that previous world so this is a much better place to be my role today is to set the stage for this conversation in a historical context because this did not come in the last three years this did not come in the last five or six years this actually is an ongoing question that probably began here in europe in the early stages of the mid 1900s but certainly by 1913 1914 this conversation started right here in the pandemic that we alleged to have happened in the last few years also did not happen overnight. In fact, the very specific pandemic using coronavirus began in a very different time. We'll try to advance the slides here with one of these things. Oh, there we go. Most of you don't know that coronavirus, as a model of a pathogen, was isolated in 1965. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date 1966. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm saying. This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making a year before I was born. We had the first transatlantic coronavirus data-sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as a infectious agent was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990, Operation Warp Speed, I'm sorry, Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now now the problem, we found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought, Pfizer, clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health, clearly Pfizer, the organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every government around the world. Not that Pfizer. Certainly they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. But oh, yes, they did. And in 1990, they found out that there was a problem with vaccines they didn't work. You know why they didn't work? it turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes The vaccine impulse, because it modifies and mutates too quickly for vaccines to be effective. And since 1990 to 2018, that is the published science, ladies and gentlemen. That's following the science. Following the science is their own indictment of their own programs that said it doesn't work. And there are thousands of publications to that effect, not a few hundred and not paid for by pharmaceutical companies these are publications that are independent scientific research that shows unequivocally including efforts of the chimera modifications made by ralph barrick and the university of north carolina chapel hill all of them show vaccines do not work on coronavirus that's the science and that science has never been disputed But then we had an interesting development in 2002, and this date is most important because in 2002, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. Listen to those words, infectious replication defective. What does that phrase actually mean? For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. Infectious replication defective means a weapon. It means something meant to target an individual but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. And that patent was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work patented at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by a year. (gasps) Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might've come from a laboratory? in the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings and they patented it in 2002. and in 2003 giant surprise the cdc filed the patent On coronavirus isolated from humans in violation, once again, of biological and chemical weapons treaties and laws that we have in the United States. And I'm very, very precise on this. The United States likes to talk about its rights and everything else and the rule of law and all the nonsense we like to talk about. But we don't ratify treaties about, I don't know, defending humans. We conspicuously avoid that. We actually have a great track record of advocating for human rights and then denying them when it comes to actually being part of the international community, which is a slightly problematic thing. But let's get something very clear. When the CDC in April of 2003 filed the patent on SARS coronavirus isolated from humans, what did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. That's not an innocent oops. That's a crime. And the United States Patent Office went as far as to reject that patent application on two occasions until the CDC decided to bribe the Patent Office to override the patent examiner to ultimately issue the patent in 2007 on SARS coronavirus. But let's not let that get away from us because it turns out that the RT-PCR, which was the test that we allegedly were going to use to identify the risks associated with coronavirus was actually identified as a bioterrorism threat by me in the european union sponsored events in 2002 and 2003 20 years ago that happened here in brussels and across europe in 2005 This particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology described as such. That's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent. It's official classification from 2005 forward. I don't know if that sounds like public health to you, does it? Biological warfare enabling technology that feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly what it is. We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to, but we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over 10 10- billion dollars have been funneled through black operations, through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet, equivalent dollar-for-dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. And it's been going on since 2005. Our gain-of-function moratorium, the moratorium that was supposed to freeze any efforts To do gain of function research conveniently in the fall of 2014 the university of north carolina chapel hill received a letter from niaid saying that while the gain of function moratorium on coronavirus in vivo should be suspended because their grants had already been funded they received an exemption did you hear what i just said a biological weapons lab facility at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill received an exemption from the gain-of-function moratorium so that by 2016 we could publish the the journal article that said SARS coronavirus is poised for human emergence in 2016. And what, you might ask? Dave, was the coronavirus poised for human emergence? It was W. I-V-1, Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1, poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community there is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. The operative word, obviously, in that phrase, the word release. Does that sound like leak? Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market and hung out and had sex, and and lo and behold, we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Keep going. If you have not done so please make sure that you make reference in every investigation to the premeditation nature of this because it was in september of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by september 2020 there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template that's their words right in front of you on the screen the intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. And the last slide. This isn't advancing, so if I could have somebody to do it. Let's, let's read this, because we have to read this into the record everywhere I go. Until an infectious disease, crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold, it is often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, he said, we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan influenza or pan coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Sounds like public health? sounds like the best of humanity no ladies and gentlemen this was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the national academy of sciences in 2015 published in front of them this is an this is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race and it was admitted to in writing that this was a financial heist and a financial fraud investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process Let me conclude by making five very brief recommendations. The last slide. Nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science, we had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus, not once, not once, not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say, no more gain of function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science, for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much.
0: All righty, that I think was, like I said earlier, the most concise layout of the bioweapon coronavirus and the vaccines by Dr. David Martin. While he was at the EU Parliament, I believe he said Brussels. Um, that's where we at we are at. Excuse me. With this bioweapon. we're being we're being attacked. Uh, it's part of it. The mass, a bigger picture, is a depopulation. Like I mentioned before, with the Georgia Godstones, that it laid out their Ten Commandments on. The Georgia Guidestones and the very first one was to keep the population at or reduce the population to 500 million and that's the global population and we're at 7.5 billion right now so their plan is underway uh, with these with the coronavirus hoax and the uh, bioweapons Release. They released the coronavirus to scare, as a scare tactic, to scare people into submission to uh, run scared to the uh, bioweapon shot. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that was the basis of my decisions and actions for the past especially the past three years when I saw it coming I understood something something wasn't right but something big had just happened and so I took to my training which was in the word of God and I tried to lead people to to memorize first of all that those words second Timothy 1: 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. You know, when you get fear, um, when you uh, bow down to fear or when you give in to fear, the devil has you exactly where he wants you and he can manipulate you, your thoughts, your actions, and persuade you into whatever he wants you to do. And of course, as Peter said, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he wants to destroy you, your life, your family, and all of the good works that you may have accomplished had you not fallen into fear. So as long if he can neutralize you with fear, the devil has completed his mission. But God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind those three things are what they're attacking they don't want us to have power they don't want us to love our neighbor uh, didn't jesus say that the you know the the summary of all the ten commandments was to love god with all your heart your mind your soul and to love your neighbor as yourself well they don't want that either and it, doesn't it say somewhere to be sober to be vigilant for your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour he doesn't want us to have power against the devil he wants us to be helpless but there is power in God and if we trust him trust Jesus rely on him Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says to uh, in all your ways it Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. And that's what we need to do in spite of what's going on. And part of following God is, is holding people accountable. That's Romans 13, isn't it? Hold people accountable for their actions that they've done. God has set up people to hold the wicked accountable and they don't carry the sword in vain. That's what they're there for. And number one, that is that that the, the position that is it ex- explicitly defined there is a sheriff, a governor. They are supposed to protect the people from wicked. From the wicked from evildoers. That is their job given to them by God. And so we were studying, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Uh, we're going to close out this podcast with this, just kind of a review of what we went over in the last podcast. Uh, we went through Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 15. I think we read a little bit further than that, but I want to review that because it's very important. Verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. We were set on high above all nations of the earth at one point, this U.S. of A. And there were other nations that when they obeyed God, it says when they observed, this is God speaking, direct, this is His words, exact words, if you will diligently listen unto the voice of the Lord your God. And observe and do all the commandments which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And that's what he did for many years. Uh, If you go back to the Virginia Compact, 1607, I believe, the Mayflower Compact in 1609, You see that our country was founded then, and it was dedicated to God, and the government was set up to obey and do the voice of the Lord, and to listen diligently, and to observe and to do everything that God commanded us to do. That's the way our our country was set up. But that's not what they lead you to believe or teach you in public schools. They want to brainwash you and manipulate you into thinking that this is just a country. Haphazardly, some uh, crazy people washed up on shore and just started doing what they could to survive. That wasn't the case. So the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Because we did that initially, he set us up above all nations of the earth. And so if you go through verses 1 through 15, he he calls out all the blessings. Everything, every aspect of your life would be blessed. The fruit of your labor, the fruit of your body, your family would, would be blessed and protected. Your food would be blessed and you'd have an increase of your food, of your harvest and so on and so on. And... Everything would be good. Everything would be perfect, even in this cursed world, if we listened diligently to the voice of the Lord your God and observe and do His commandments which He commanded us. That's all we have to do. Observe diligently, listen, and do what He commanded us to do. If we do that, we will be blessed, and everything we have will be blessed and every one in our family will be blessed. The Lord puts that hedge of protection around us that only He can do. And in Christ Jesus, that's eternal life, which He's the only one that can give us. There's no other religion. There's no other man that has that power. There's many that have claimed they were the Son of God. There's many that claim that they were the Messiah. Go see if they they rose out of the grave. See if they they resurrected. See if they have 500 witnesses that say, We saw him ascend into heaven. We saw him. He was crucified. We know he was buried. We know he was dead. And he rose again. There's witnesses. There's proof. There's evidence. Find anyone else that can do that, that has that. There isn't anyone. So we need to trust Jesus, his word, his commandments, what God has told us to do. So go down to verse 15. I'll try to close this podcast at an hour. Verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments, and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall be thou when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand to do until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings, whereby you have forsaken me. I think right off the top of my head, I'm thinking about the southern border. It's wide open. They've got the drug cartels, the Mexican warlords. are They own the border. Was well, them and United Nations, anyway. They're running drugs through the border freely. There's no one's stopping them. They had Border Patrol agents there. They have United Nations agents there. They're, they're facilitating it. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Governor Abbott sent down the National Guard. And Michael Yon, I think, was at the border at the time. The National Guard was there. And uh, Ben Berkwam and someone else, Owen Schroeder, went. I can't remember if it was Owen Schroeder or Michael Yan, but they witnessed the National Guard facilitating the smuggling of humans. They were ordered by the governor to stop it, and yet they were caught facilitating it. So it's wide open. But I can't help but, after reading Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 15, down uh, to verse 20, I can't help but think that maybe God is behind this and he is judging our nation that was once set up on high that was once a light sitting on the hill because you or me christians have not obeyed his word and we haven't sought him diligently we as christians his people became slack we became disobedient and we weren't preaching and we weren't Witnessing to those around us like we should, we were not being the influence, and we were not persuading people to follow God. We were apathetic. We didn't care. We were careless. And said, "Well, it's their own opinion. They maybe they they uh they can do what they want. It's their opinion. They can be trans if they want. They can be gay if they want. They can um be immoral or they can." extort whatever they can steal it's fine it's up to them it's their decision instead of saying no this is god's commandments this is our country which was founded on the word of god which is the law of the land and god has called us to obey him and to seek him to listen to his commandments to seek his word diligently i mean were were you saying that were you telling people that were you being faithful in that we weren't as Christians and we haven't been. So is God judging us because of us? And another verse, which I've been quoting, rehearsing and urging people to memorize for the past three years is uh second Chronicle seven fourteen, which says if my people God's this, God's words to his people. And how is it? How does it apply to us? Well, his people, we are his people. If we're, Christians. If we profess Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we've trusted Him for eternal life, we're His people. He says, if my people which are called by my name, there again, another qualifier, we are called by His name. Christians. They were first called Christians in Antioch. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, there's those three qualifiers there, then what will God do? God will activate his intentions. And he says, what? I will hear from heaven. I will forgive you of your sins. And I will heal your land. I know there is a book called Revelations... And I know it talks about the end times. I know it's prophecy from John, who was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. I know he wrote it because of a vision. I know it explains, it gives us insight into the prophecy of the end times and then of the new heaven and the new earth. The fact that Jesus will come back the second time and how he will come, he will come with a sword. He will divide and conquer and he will set straight the crooked things and he will put the wicked in their place. He will bind the devil and he will deliver the saints to glory. But I also remember what Jesus said while he was on earth that no man knows the time or the season when that happens. And he cautioned us to occupy until he comes. We need to maintain a level of serving, a level of witnessing, a level of influence until Jesus comes back or until we're called home. We're not supposed to be sitting on a pew, warming the pew, doing nothing, expecting everything to happen around us without any of our input. That's not how it works. We are ambassadors for Christ. As heirs to the throne, he's left us here to be that influence. How can anyone know about these things unless they are told? Unless there are preachers? And unless they've been sent with the message? How can they believe if they have not heard? So it is everyone's job to deliver the message and that's all you have to do we have to deliver the message and we have to trust God and resist the devil trust God resist the devil and he will flee well why is he everything's out in the open now you notice that um we have A stolen, our government has been hijacked. In 2020, the election was stolen. They installed Biden, and he's a puppet, obviously, so they're making fun of us and mocking us. On top of that, they put Baphomet in the White House at Christmas, and we have music that is worshiping the mainstream music is worshiping Satan on Easter. And they're promoting the most vile and wicked sexual immorality on earth that God destroyed at least three cities for Sodom, Gomorrah, Nineveh. And I believe there's more. And we have to follow what god has called us to do no matter what the outcome we think will be we should be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the lord because we know this there is no one nothing that can take us can pluck us out of our savior's hand if we're saved if we put our foot Faith and trust in Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. There is nothing that can take that away. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Remember Stephen, when he called out the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the priests, them stiff-necked and hard-hearted people, he called them out. What did they do? They started stoning him. What did he see? He saw the heavens open up, and he saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, the Father, at the throne, on the throne. So what can they do to us? Kill us? So what? That that send us straight to heaven where we were wanting to go anyway. So what's the problem? Why are we quiet? Why are we silent? Why don't we speak up? Why don't we say anything? Practically, um, while I'm on this earth, I don't want wicked people taking my country and making it a dung hill. I'd rather live in a place where we can get along with our neighbors and work together and provide for our families until the Lord comes. Uh, If we come together as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, and resist the devil and work, we can have, have that, that we can restore this country back to the way it was with blessings instead of cursings from God and it's in our hands and it's clearly explained in Deuteronomy chapter 28. So we're going to continue the study of Deuteronomy chapter 28 later. We're going to end this podcast here. I appreciate you joining us in this podcast. I hope that you spread the word and to those that need to hear it again, please subscribe to the my Preacher Josh Rumble channel. So that way I can start live streaming over there also. And I appreciate you joining. Um, If you got any, any other comments or questions, go ahead and uh, type it in the, uh, the chat there. And we're going to close out with a word of prayer. Dear father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I thank you that in spite of us, in spite of our failures, you still love us. You give us second chances. I pray that we would not take that for granted. And I pray that we would serve you diligently and listen to your word diligently and do the commandments that you've given us to do so that we don't destroy our country, which is happening as we speak. We're being poisoned. We're being tricked into taking... uh, bioweapons we're being tricked into killing ourselves we're being tricked into killing our families we're being tricked to kill our communities it's a mass genocide we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people dying all around us because they were duped into the fear because they weren't trusting you and seeking your word if they had held fast to your word and listened to you this wouldn't have happened But when we listen and obey you, you give us blessings. But when we disobey and turn our back on you, you give us cursing. It's plain and simple. We pray that we would obey you and serve you. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Continue to be with us, protect us, our families. Help us to be the influence you've called us to be. And we give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless everyone. Thank you again for joining. Out for now.